Hello, all. Welcome to the Hope Without Sight podcast with your hosts, Sailor Cooper and Tyler Evans. The topic of this podcast will consist of many stories of people from various backgrounds and experiences who have had many challenges and have been able to successfully overcome them and rise to the top. So sit back and relax as we give you the best of these diverse stories. Because if you are feeling down and out, like you cannot make it in the world, then this podcast is the right one for you. Because if my guests can make it, so can you. Happy listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hope Without Sight with your host, Sailor Cooper, and your co-host, Tyler Evans. That's right. We have this is another episode, episode 36, with Dr. Ann Katona Lynn. We met at Speakers Playhouse, Podcasters Connect and Collaborate in a few events, right? Yeah. Yeah. So welcome here. Um, so I read your bio. I see that you're a passionate educational coach and leader. And you have dedicated your career to helping schools and communities develop safe and supportive and positive school climates yeah. for children and teachers. And you've received multiple awards for your expertise in the classroom management, management, mental health, and special education. And so let's get started. Tell me about yourself. What got you doing this? Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, Sailor. I'm excited to be here. Um, so I have my own story of childhood trauma and my book actually was launched uh, officially on Tuesday and it's been uh, in the number one categories across several categories. So it's exciting and on Amazon. And uh, so I have, you know, the childhood trauma that I suffered. I didn't really understand it until much later in my life. And, um, you know, it was about my thirties and I, I used my degree was in physical therapy, athletic training, and I love doing that. And I love working with kids, especially with kids with special needs. And I did a lot of internships in schools and just loved it. And then, uh, even as doing a lot, some athletic training, I was working a lot in schools and I just based on, um, you know, kind of my own experiences that I, again, I didn't really explore yet. I just loved working in schools. And uh, what happened was I went to a retreat and really kind of had this awakening of that. Oh, I really struggled a lot more than I thought. I knew I had post-traumatic stress disorder as a kid, but didn't really understand how that really impacted me. And um, I just really started looking at my trauma that I'd been through and cause I, I had physical health issues. So that was another piece that really kind of had an impact and yes, all of those things sure. together, I looked at the trauma. And so, uh, I started working with kids with developmental disabilities and especially with kids with behavior problems and just really felt like I connected to them. Like I got them and I felt like I understood what they were going through and what I realized I was naturally good at it. I think because of the empathy I had because of my own experiences and, and I was, you know, bullied for 
reasons as a kid and, um, you know, again, struggled really with anxiety and, and post-traumatic stress disorder and always felt like something was wrong with me. And so I tried to really cover it up on the outside. Yes. Um, in my early thirties, I just decided that I, you know, once I started working with kids and working, I was working with a behavior analyst, I decided that I wanted to pursue this more and ended up getting my master's in special education. And a big piece of that was because I wanted to figure myself out in addition to, you know, because I felt like I was naturally good at it. So I, you know, started working with kids and just really loved it. And like I said, was naturally good at it. I worked a lot in the community with families and children, um, kids with autism and more severe disabilities. And, um, you know, really focusing on helping them to be more included in regular environments and, yes. um, you know, just living a more successful life. And, and I know that it can be just one little thing that can have such a huge impact on the kids. Like there were things for me that now in hindsight, I could see were really helpful. And so I wanted to kind of make it safe for kids and help the kids and their families be more successful across all environments. And so, you know, in teaching and uh, I really gravitated towards those kids with emotional behavior dis uh, disorders, as well as kids with autism. And like I said, more severe disabilities uh, and helping them just to, to be included and yeah. to live life the way everyone does, you know? And, yeah. and so um, I, I, that really was the beginning and the last 25-ish, 30 years, I guess it's been now, that I've been working with kids uh, and their families and schools. And the last, actually, 20 years, especially, I've been working in schools because, you know, as I was teaching and, and working in schools, I realized that a lot of teachers don't get a whole lot of training no, on some of these things. Because we, we do need inclusivity because Tyler she can relate to you. Tell her your story of how they wanted to put you in resource classes and all that. Take it away, sir. Yeah. <clears throat> so basically when I was young, they wanted me in resource classes because they didn't know how to teach me. Mm. And so my mom, what she did, she went to workshops with this um, advocacy group. I'm not exactly sure the name of it, but um Basically, they educated her on the fact that I can be in regular classes mm -hmm. because the only disability I had was blindness. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah, me too. Wow. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I worked a lot with even people with cerebral palsy. And that's another mm -hmm. kind of thing. It, it Just because they may have severe disabilities, that doesn't mean that they aren't smart and their, their brain no. is, you know, they're make, it's just that they can't communicate. It can't get out of their body. And so, right. you know, I, some of those things are, it's, I, I find that it breaks my heart. I find that the school systems underestimate for no reason. A lot mm -hmm. of times it's not, not good, not good. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, part of it is, uh, you know, and, and I found that out is a lot of teachers have, they want to help, but they don't necessarily have the tools. So that's kind of why I ended up, I train teachers and I help the school leaders because, you know, and I continue to advocate for youth and families because not only do I have my own experiences, I'm also a family member. We have lots of different things that um, our family members have. And 
Um, I want to be an advocate. And so, you know, that it's teachers have uh, a lot of, and, and school leaders want, they didn't get into this job because of the money, obviously. And so, uh, you know, they lack often the tools. So I really, that's kind of why I committed so much of my career to really focusing on training them and helping them to feel safe. Cause a lot of times people get into the field because they may have struggles of their own and they want to help, um, you know, but they didn't, they didn't necessarily have the tools. So and as part of making schools safe, do you also uh, help to prevent bullying and all that? Yep, absolutely. That is 100. And as I mentioned earlier, I was bullied in a variety of different ways. And I talk about um, some of those Why? In different books. Um, I When I was in fourth grade, I was, I was taller and um, I was very athletic. And I was pretty and uh, there were eighth grade boys who they called, they gave me a nickname skin. Didn't know what it meant. And I didn't understand it really. Uh, I just knew the way they looked at me and the way they, um, they just talked to me and just said the word. I just felt like dirty. And so, you know, to me, I mean, that was really sexual harassment, Um, but you know, other ways I was bullied, you know, I was bullied. um, When I first got to high school, there were uh, senior girls who just, you know, would follow me and they, you know, again, I was tall for my age and they gave me just nasty looks and they threatened me. And, um, you know, they told me to stay away from this one guy who was interested in me, who happened to be a boyfriend of one of these seniors. And, you know, I had no control over, but I was kind of, I was the target of that. So, um, you know, those were just some examples, you know, even as an adult, I've been bullied, you know, we, we can, um, be excluded from things, you know, when we, we feel like, uh, someone is pushing us out or, or other people are talking about us and kind of getting others to join in on talking about uh, someone that, you know, oh, that yes. really is bullying, you know, it's, so it's, um, it's exclusion and a lot of, they call it like the mean girls that that's definitely been something, um, you know, someone is intimidated by you and they talk about you behind your back and try to get others to be against you. That's bullying. Yeah, for sure. It's not good. It, it's yeah. like that's gossiping. It's not good. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it happens a lot more than we realize. Uh, I think that, you know, again, a lot of people, one of the things that I always say is hurt people hurt people. So when you've been through your own pain and you don't really deal with that, you're more likely to injure others, even if you don't realize that that's what's happening. And um and also, like, if you don't mind me asking, like, what? And oh. your upbringing or what? I, I lost your mic for just a quick second. Hello? Your question. Yeah, yeah, I, I can hear you now, but yeah. re- just repeat yeah. your question again. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, what caused your tra- childhood trauma? Like, was it just a dysfunctional upbringing or like, what What was yeah. it? Yeah, um, I, I do go into detail in the book, but I I actually, the one specific thing was a car accident. So I was in a car accident and I went through the windshield with my face and had lots of damage to my face. Uh, I was four years old at the time. They wouldn't allow families to stay with 
with kids in the hospital. Um, this was the policy of the hospital. So I was in the hospital for a week without my family. They were only allowed to visit for two hours a day for um, visiting hours. And then they would drive us around in this little red wagon to distract us so that our families could sneak out. Um, and so that further, you know, the hospital of system course. further traumatized me. Then when I got home, it was 1970. We didn't talk about stuff. It was, let's, let's not talk about it. If it doesn't come up, it'll, you know, we'll just, it'll go away. And that doesn't no. happen. We have so. to talk. We have to talk about it because there's yeah. a saying now talk saves lives. Oh, absolutely. You know, and, and that's kind of my mission is that I'm always about, I want to make it safe for people to be able to talk and share who they are and not just, you know, as, as, um, as a way to kind of be, oh, woe is me. It's okay. Let's talk about it. So we can then figure out what are your gifts? What are your specialties? What are your strengths? How can we use those? How can we um, take what you've been through and make it your message and make it a positive. So it's, you know, for me, my mess is my message. So yeah, your mess is your message. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, wow. And uh, I imagine you also, well, I don't like what's going on in the schools is all the school shootings that mm. are happening. Are you helping to prevent further those yeah. tragedies? Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, I was a state project director for Safe Schools Healthy Students, and that came out of the Sandy Hook and the Columbine shooting. So it was a big federal grant that came out of the Sandy Hook and Columbine shootings. Pennsylvania received that, and I was the state project director for that. And what we, you know, one of the big things we had permission to really go across systems and all work together. But the big focus of that was to do prevention rather than waiting until things happen. Let's look at, okay, what are all the signs and signals and how can we promote a more positive environment so that we're preventing some of these, you know, we want to prevent bullying and school violence and suicide sure. and other mental health crises. So we have to, it's easier to prevent things rather than waiting until they're happening. You know, they're harder to, they're harder to deal with. And then COVID kind of added to that, you know, oh, just the, yes. the you know, so yeah, that's a big, so when the state grant ended, I basically wanted to continue doing that work. I focus more on schools and districts rather than kind of working at the larger state level. I really focus on getting into the buildings and really um, working with the stakeholders where they are and helping it to fit. You know, it's not a cookie cutter approach. It's about how can we make sure it fits what the strengths and needs are and the opportunities of that environment, you know, that community. So for sure, for sure. Yes. And um, uh, let's see also, so you're, you're preventing, you're helping prevent school shooting, suicide, which is great. Uh, Cause uh, this stuff has happened too many times. You see you, I know you heard about the shooting that we had in Uvalde last year. Yes. Yeah. It, it just is. It's heartbreaking. And one of the key things is that everybody has to work together. It, you know, one yes. of my biggest frustrations is that everybody works in silos. And so we're not able to really do the best we can. We waste a lot of time and energy and money and, you know, it's become political, but 
really, if we all work together and really get on the ground and kind of look at what can we do rather than just admiring the problem or leaving it to politicians to kind of um, put things in place. It's what's going to happen that we can, you know, it needs to be grassroots. And so that's really what I love to do is help kind of those grassroots changes happen. For sure. Yes, definitely. For sure. And you're doing great work. Uh, And so um, I don't believe I have any more questions for you except one. Have you worked with blind students at all or not really? I haven't. Not uh, not, not I, I've had, I, I've worked more in multiple disability classrooms. Yeah. So with more of a variety of things. And so, you know, when I um, work in those environments, again, I really, because I'm a behavior analyst and because of my trauma, actually, my trauma made me a good observer and not just observer with my eyes. I'm, a, I'm really in tune to picking up on subtle things that maybe other people may not. And yeah. so for me, that helps me to, to look at no matter what the disability is and no matter what the exceptionality is, I like calling them exceptionalities because it's, they're not, you know, it's not a disability per se in that you have so many other strengths that, that really can, it can counteract anything that we're struggling with. You know, how can we look at those things that we're really good at? So for me, um, that I, I love being able to look at and problem solve. So no matter what the situation is, uh, I, I've, and the kids that I've worked with in the past are the adults. Let's look at whatever it is. And, and if there's not a solution, let's think outside of the box. Like let's not get yes. stuck on, these are the things that are available. Let's create stuff. Let's make it more, you know, let's find a problem. Not yes, just, indeed. Not just like, oh, well, here's the solution. No, let's create a, pro- let's create the solution to the problem. We have to think outside of the box. And I think that's one of my specialties is that I am an out of the box thinker and um, help schools to really look at things in ways that they may have not, and not just schools, communities, because I really focus on work working with schools, communities, and all of the holders, and especially youth. Like we need to get kids and um, adults, you know, whoever they are, we need to hear their voices more and they need to guide what we do rather than just telling them what we're going to do for them. For sure. For sure. And self-determination. Uh, huge. Yes. Huge. And I've always had self-determination. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and last but not least, uh, what is your book called and where can people find it? It is uh, Shedding Lies, Living Beyond Childhood Trauma. And it is on Amazon. And I can um, share the link with you on, on your Facebook post if you want. Um, but yeah, and also you could go to my website, www.katonalynnconsulting.com. And I have a few other podcasts that I've done. And um, I have another book that I did. I did a, a book, uh, Depression Lied to Me. Well, I, w- I have a chapter in a book. And then I have another book that will be coming out, a podcast I just, I did in December, just came out yesterday. And it, it, it talks more about kind of the abuse that I experienced, the one I mentioned earlier, you know, like that sexual um, abuse kind of thing and, and how um, that impacts not just that sexual, but 
you know, different ways that you're bullied in environments um, and abused that you just, that are kind of part of our culture. And so anyway, those are all on my website and, um, you know, more things to come. So you can sign up for uh, my email list and I have some freebies on my website as well. And um, yeah, but Amazon, my book, Shedding Lies, Living Beyond Childhood Trauma is If you could put all this in the chat so I could put it in the show notes, that'd be great. Yep, absolutely. All all right. And so, Tyler, do you have any other questions for guests? Because if not, we can wrap up with our customary ending. So it's all yours. Hmm? Um, I don't think I do. Um, I, uh, I feel that your story is pretty inspiring pretty inspirational. Um, I feel that all of us have an inspirational story to tell. The fact that we are even alive is inspirational. Yeah. 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 Thanks. And we need to, you know, again, we have to make sure to remember that, you know, I always thought my story didn't matter. Like it wasn't big enough. And no matter what, if one person is influenced by our story, we need to share it. So that's right. We we all, you're right you know, we all need to share our stories and we all need to get them out there. So sailor, thank you so much for what you guys are doing. Uh, you yeah. know, I love it. And I'm just really honored and happy to be on your web on your, uh, podcast. So thank I'm you not, so much. I'm just, yeah, not, I shared all the info in the chat. So. I'm just not doing podcasts. I'm going to be speaking as well. I'm sure you heard of Frank King. I'm working with him. Oh yeah. 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 And, um, so yeah, Tyler, uh, please, do a customary ending for us. Okay. So what do you say to those who feel they have no hope mm. right now, but like they don't know where to go? Yeah. Uh, like I said, you know, uh, my book, definitely, I, I really try to get across that there is hope no matter what. And, and that one of the right. things we have to shift is, you know, what are the lies that we tell ourselves? We tell ourselves a story And we say, you know, mine was something's wrong with me. I'm not worthy. I tried to hide it, but that was really what was the the core of what was going on. And I had to look at what was the truth. And the truth were that I had people that love me. I can't look at every little negative thing that, um, you know, if people are saying about me, I had to kind of really hang on to those people and keep safe people around me. Who are those people that support you? Who are those people that love you and care about you oh, yeah. and keep those people around you and don't let the lies from others and, uh, and that we tell ourselves, don't let them overtake those things that, you know, the people that love us. So there's, That's there's right. always hope in that if there's not a solution, we've got to look for it. We've got to keep looking, don't give up. And there are a lot of us out there uh, it's just connect with people who are, who have like mind, you know, like-minded inspiration for you. So, because so you, we all matter. You matter. Absolutely. Yes. 100%. That's right. Well, Dr. Ann Katana Lynn, thank you for being on the show today. Thanks so much for having me. It's been great. Yeah. Stay blessed, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Hope Without Sight 
with Sailor Cooper and Tyler Evans and got a lot of takeaways from this podcast. We hope you feel renewed, inspired, and encouraged like you can just carry on and conquer the world. Please hit the subscribe button on all platforms and tell your friends and family to do the same. And in the meantime, blessings to all.